0: hi guys welcome back to model behavior and welcome to my first real episode i hope everyone is having a fantastic day and first of all i just want to thank everyone who reached out after i posted the trailer episode last week with such positive messages and just so much love and support i'm still blown away every single time by how supportive so many people are of my projects like this. It really just makes me feel very good and very loved. So thank you. Um, Also, I apologize if you hear any stomping. My upstairs neighbors seem to have hooves and literally just pace back and forth. And it seems like they like to drop, like maybe cement blocks on the floor from dawn to dusk every day. So my apologies if you can hear that. But anyway, I am turning 22 this weekend, and I thought I would make this episode about what I learned over this past year, because I feel like I've done a lot of growing this year, like maybe more than any other year of my life. Um, so I just made a little list of what I think are the eight most important things I learned and I'm just going to get right into it. So let's do it. Um, number one, people change and it is okay to outgrow friendships. This year I lost a relationship with someone who had been one of my closest friends since we were teenagers and it didn't end in a fight or anything, which almost made it harder because i've lost friends because of arguments and stuff before and that almost felt easier because there was like a definite end point like something happened but with this relationship we honestly just started growing in different directions and we kind of just like wished each other the best as we parted ways but also this relationship had kind of become toxic and I didn't always feel appreciated or Seen by this person anymore and it started to feel pretty unhealthy actually which was very difficult for me to admit to myself because This is like my person like one of my closest friends and to realize that that relationship is no longer a positive one That was honestly really sad. Like it was hard to admit that to myself and maybe we'll reconnect one day when we've done some growing on our own and kind of navigated our different paths. And I really hope we do. But for now, we kind of just don't fit into each other's lives anymore. And that is okay. You don't have to stay friends with everyone who's ever been a part of your life. And just because you grew up together doesn't mean you will necessarily continue to grow up together and I really feel like this is the best thing to do for both of us and it's okay to be different and do different things at different paces. Um, But I was pretty sad about it for a while because it felt like a breakup. Not like a nasty breakup because like I said, there was no fight or anything, but it felt like like a falling out of love type situation, type breakup. So I kind of just went through the stages of being sad and getting over it and now, I feel good about it and I understand that it's actually what I want and what I think should have happened and it's okay if your life doesn't always line up with the people you grew up with. Um, lesson number two is prioritizing quality over quantity. Um, I have always thought that the people with the most friends were the happiest. I thought that meant that you were the coolest and the most charismatic and the most fulfilled because you have this huge friend group. And definitely in middle school and like very early high school, like freshman year, I was obsessed with wanting to be part of the popular crowd at my school. And I thought that in order to be accepted and like seen as one of these cool people, I needed to be friends with all of the popular kids. And these people made so much fun of me, like it's not even funny. (laughs) Like I don't understand why I even wanted to be friends with people who were mean to me. (laughs) Like kids are actually assholes. So I went to a private school and I was not one of the wealthiest kids there. So I could not afford a lot of the things that those kids had. But I remember Jack Rogers being a thing. Like, these preppy-ass flip-flops that cost, like, over $100 for flip-flops. Like, it's ridiculous. But I remember them being a thing, and I didn't even like them. I thought they were ugly. And I tried them on at Nordstrom, and they were so uncomfortable. They were ugly. I didn't like them personally. But I convinced myself that I did, and I convinced myself that I wanted them so bad because the popular girls were wearing Jack Rogers, When I was sitting in that Nordstrom trying them on, my mom looked at me like I had lost my mind. She was like, I am not spending over $100 on fucking flip-flops. Like, have you lost your mind? And I kind of realized, like, okay, she's right. Why am I trying so hard to follow the crowd and do shit that I don't even, like... These, I hate these flip flops. Why am I so stressed about getting them? Like spending my mom's hard earned money on fucking flip flops that I don't even want to wear? Like, are you kidding? And I did a few things like that, like wearing the fucking bubble necklaces and like trying to look all preppy for my fucking private school when that was just not me and not my personality and not my style, but that's how bad I wanted to fit in. And i finally realized like i don't even like this isn't me and i'm not even gonna enjoy hanging out with these people if i can't be myself and i'm pretending to be like them when i'm not obviously i came to my senses very quickly and realized that just because someone is in the like so-called popular crowd it doesn't mean they're actually a cool person eventually i tried to stop impressing these people and stuck to the people i knew and was already really good friends with and i probably had a way better time hanging out with those friends i could actually like be myself around than i would have if i had somehow like infiltrated the popular kids like i once wanted to do and i've never been a person with multiple close friends. I've only ever had like one or two at a time my entire life. And those have been my ride or die friends. Like those were people I could count on to be there for me no matter what. And friends I knew that I could tell absolutely anything to and they would never judge me. Like these were people who dropped everything to come over and sit on my bathroom floor with me while I cried hysterically. This might have happened more than once, but I guarantee that those other kids would not have done that. And I'm sure I never would have been comfortable enough to like call one of them and be like, hey, I'm struggling. Can you come cry with me on my bathroom floor? Because I never felt like I could be myself around them. And they literally just make fun of me and make me feel like shit. So and like even now as an adult, I have literally three people I would call friends (laughs) and like one is my boyfriend (laughs) But I used to think that I needed to go out and make a lot more friends because I would always see people on social media going out with all these people and hanging out with a ton of people all the time, like every day. And honestly, I think if I had that many friends and knew that many people, it's just not even in my personality to see people every day. Like I physically cannot hang out with multiple people every day. I think some of that might have to do with covid and going through quarantine and stuff because I think my social battery just like broke but also I've always loved to be alone anyway so it's definitely like a mixture of things but for a while I was feeling like I needed to go out every day and meet up with new people and hang out at cool spots and just like be seen around the city because that's what I saw so many people doing and finally I kind of just realized like that's not me And that's okay. I don't have to do that. Like I love seeing friends, but I honestly cannot just be in the social scene every day. And that's totally fine. It's not for everybody. Like not everybody needs to be an extrovert, which is why I say quality over quantity because I love seeing friends like once a week or even once every other week because I cherish that time so much more and it becomes so much more special to me. And the same thing goes for the number of friends I have. Like It's so much more fulfilling to me to have a few friends that I really, really care about and connect with rather than a whole bunch of acquaintances and like kind of surface level friendships. So I've definitely learned to not judge myself for not having a lot of friends, like it's fine. Number three is it's okay to ask for help and grownups need help too. For some reason I felt the pressure to survive without any help. And I felt like I had to prove myself and prove that I was capable of doing everything on my own as an adult. But I've kind of always had this mentality to a certain extent. And it's always been hard for me to ask for help because I've been scared of people seeing me as a victim or helpless or weak or someone who can't handle her shit which is complete bullshit. And this year I really pushed myself to recognize when I need help with something and to make myself actually ask for it. And I would say the biggest example of this would be when I asked for help with my eating disorder. And before I asked for help, I would always say to myself that I had it under control and I didn't want anybody to know like how much I was actually struggling with it because I didn't want anyone to worry about me or think I was weak for having this struggle. But it got to a point where I realized that I was only hurting myself more by not asking for help. And also I'm so lucky to have so much support in my life and so many people I can go to who would drop everything to help me. And I realized that I needed to stop taking that for granted and use my support system to help myself. Because no one should have to go through difficult things alone, including adults. Everyone needs help sometimes, and just because I'm an adult now doesn't mean that I should have to do everything on my own. What also helped me was pushing myself to open up about my struggles online, and once I started doing this, I realized that I was actually helping other people who have gone through similar things by talking about it and acknowledging that I'm not perfect and I struggle with things and I ask for help when I need it. Not only did people start commenting, like, oh my god, I had no idea you went through this, like, thank you so much for sharing, but I also felt that way, and I was like, oh my god, so many people also go through what I'm going through, so I felt way less alone, and I feel like trying to hide those struggles when you have somewhat of a platform on social media is more harmful than people realize, like, only showing the highlights of your life and making it seem like there's no struggles going on behind the scenes can really alienate people who are watching your stuff online. So I felt much better once I started sharing more of my struggles online because then you start to create a community of people who relate to you and then you have even more support and more help. Like it's really just a win-win all around. Okay, number four is social media is a carefully curated highlight reel and it's okay to not be perfect all the time. This one kind of ties into what I just said about people on the internet only posting essentially a highlight reel of their life and only showing this perfectionism in their content. And this used to fuck with my head because I would watch all these like health influencers who post that they run a certain number of miles every single day and follow this insanely healthy diet every single day and are super productive every day and literally never show themselves like eating mac and cheese straight out of the pot while leaning over their stove. Not that I do that. Just kidding. I absolutely do that on the regular. But like that content would make me feel bad about eating my mac and cheese out of my pot. And that's bullshit. I guarantee those influencers who only post their perfect, productive, healthy routine are leaving out their days where they don't walk 10,000 steps and just chill out and watch tv and eat some unhealthy food or maybe they actually live like that and they're missing out on some excellent netflix shows and delicious mac and cheese so at the end of the day that's their loss and you don't need to feel bad for not being as perfect or healthy or productive as they make themselves appear on social media because they probably actually aren't Yeah. So this year, I realized that what I see on social media cannot be compared to my day-to-day life. Like, whatever my routine is, it was what works for me. And it can't be compared to tiny little clips on the internet of someone else's life that they very carefully curate. Okay. Number five. Your parents are people too. I know this is a pretty obvious one, but this year, I really started seeing my parents as like equal to me and obviously i have a lot of respect for my parents but i feel like once they aren't really in an authoritative position anymore your relationship changes and they start to seem just like normal people in your life like once i started living on my own which was several years ago at this point it was definitely an adjustment to like not have to tell my parents where i'm going or have to be home by a certain time or them like not always knowing where I am or who I'm with and not knowing who my friends are anymore. And I still talk to my parents pretty much every single day, but it's definitely more of a friendship feeling rather than like a parent-child feeling, which is honestly really cool to me. And I love how our relationship has kind of evolved into this. And it's also been really interesting to watch them parent my younger brother because they have come to me for advice on certain situations and things that like I never even considered the fact that they don't know what to do as parents sometimes. Like when I was growing up, I never thought about the fact that they had to think about how to be parents and how to raise me. So I think it's really cool that they not only feel like they can ask me for my opinion about parenting, but I also get to see how hard they work at trying to be good parents. And I've really gotten to see a different side to them. And I, I realize I almost owe them an apology for being so critical of them when I was growing up because I see how much effort and thought they put into parenting and they're always trying to make the right decision. And it is fucking hard to raise kids. So I've really gained even more respect for them as our relationship has kind of evolved. So shout out to Scott and Delaney. You guys are amazing parents and you're actually very cool. <laughs> Despite what I told you when I was 14. (laughs) Okay, number six is spend money on experiences, not things. So now that I have my own money and I'm financially independent, I obviously get to choose how I spend that money. And I used to spend my paycheck on clothes that I didn't need and dumb shit for my apartment and pretty much just all on material things. And then actually for my 21st birthday... I went to costa rica for like 10 days and it completely changed how i view spending money that trip gave me so much more joy and memories and experience than any 200 gold necklace ever could and i didn't grow up like going on a lot of vacations or traveling a bunch like maybe we do one trip to like delaware in the summer or maybe a spring break trip to like Florida or something. So this was the first time I kind of realized on my own, like, oh my God, this is what I want to spend literally all of my money on. Cause that trip cost as much as like a few pairs of nice jeans and some shoes. And I immediately realized that I can absolutely go without those things if I get to have experiences like this instead. Like those jeans will sit in my closet. I'll most likely forget about them and the excitement of having them will wear off fairly quickly, but I will always cherish that time I spent in Costa Rica and I am going to go back for years and years and I will never forget it. And even like little weekend trips, just renting an Airbnb and going upstate with my boyfriend for like a relaxing weekend, is just such a more fulfilling way to spend my money. Like even for my birthday this weekend, I asked my boyfriend not to get me like a present present and just asked if we could find a cute little house to rent and like go upstate and just hang out for the weekend. And I know I'm going to appreciate this little birthday trip and wholesome weekend in nature with my boyfriend way more than I would like a, a bracelet or something. Not that I don't like material gifts, like you can still buy me things, But if I have a say in what someone's going to spend their money on me for, like I would love an experience because this has been one of the best years of my life and I kind of owe it to my trips to Costa Rica and London and going upstate and renting snowboarding gear and buying surfboards, like paying for those types of new experiences and not buying as many material things has really made this year so much more fun for me. Okay, number seven, let go of what you're coming from so you can see where you are and where you're going. I let go of so much trauma this year. Now, granted, I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder from several things that happened to me before this year. So letting go isn't exactly what I mean, but I definitely moved into a space where I'm no longer letting it control my current day-to-day life. Because those events are not happening anymore. And I got so tired of them having any type of control or power over my current life. They were already so shitty to begin with, so why should I continue to suffer and hold this pain when it's over? And my life needs to move forward without that pain. And I was just living in a constant state of anxiety and dissociation because I would wake up every single day and feel the weight of every bad thing that has ever happened to me. And I'm not sure if this is just like a PTSD thing or if this happens to like other people too, but it was so overwhelming and I did not know how to let go of all this weight. But I got this book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, which basically explains the neurological and biological science behind trauma and how our bodies and minds hold on to it and change from trauma. And basically I sat down with this book and a journal and slowly worked my way through it while writing about anything that came up while I was reading. The man who wrote this book can literally take all of my money because he put me through a lifetime of therapy, and helped me work through my trauma more than anything else I've tried ever has. Like, somebody give this man, like, the Nobel Peace Prize or something, because he saved my life, like, for real. I mean, I did a lot of work through journaling, but it was all pretty much prompted by this book. And slowly but surely, I started waking up every morning feeling... A little lighter and I feel like I've finally been able to live my life as it is right now and not feel like I'm still dealing with all these other things from my past like of course I'll carry those things with me for the rest of my life because they will always have happened to me but it doesn't interfere with my life nearly as much as it used to and I finally feel like those events don't hold so much power over me anymore And in learning to let go of those things from the past, I'm able to focus on everything and everyone in my life right at this moment. And honestly, I almost forgot what that felt like. Okay, last one. Number eight. Relationships take work. And needing work does not mean you're not compatible. I feel like I had this perception that if there's stuff that's not working in a relationship, like miscommunication or certain needs not being met that it means you aren't compatible and that it's just not the right person or relationship for you. And over this past year I realized that this is completely false. There is no such thing as a relationship that has zero issues. Like no one is going to be able to read your mind and give you every single thing you want without communicating about it or working on it. Like I thought I would magically find a man with the exact same way of communicating, the exact same love languages, and like just the exact same needs as me. Like what? That is such a crazy standard. Like that standard is literally just someone being perfect. Like calm down. And God bless my boyfriend because at first, whenever we had like even the smallest issue with communication or something, I would literally like try to leave and just immediately go to the extreme of like, okay, well, if we're different in this way, we aren't going to work. And it's, we're just not compatible. And he would have to be like, okay, slow down. This just means we need to talk about this and explain to each other how we want to be communicated with and work on it. And that solves the problem. (laughs) Like, this is not something you end relationships over. And I was like, Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, that actually, like, makes a lot of sense, and I'm dramatic as fuck. Like, if you love someone and want to be with them, you talk through little things like this, and even big things, and big differences, and big disagreements, to get to a point where you can both understand each other and communicate about it in a healthy way that just improves your relationship. Like, duh. It seems pretty obvious, but it was something... I just learned through experience for the first time this year. But yeah, overall, being 21 was great. And I really think this was the best year of my life so far. I feel like I grew more as a person than I ever have in a year. And I feel really good and very confident about where my life is going and who's in my life and just what's happening. Like, I'm very content with how this year went and I'm very excited to be 22 and I just want to say thank you again (laughs) for all the support that I've gotten from this podcast already it just like really makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing and it feels like I'm working on something that's gonna be meaningful to more than just me and it's been so nice to hear that you guys are just as excited about this podcast as I am because I've really been looking forward to starting this. But yeah, those are my eight biggest lessons that I learned this year. I hope you can relate or also learn something from this. I'm going to wrap that up here. Thank you for listening to my very first official episode of Model Behavior. I love you guys all so much, and I will see you soon.